disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you, revile you and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice on that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your, your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In youth work, which is my profession, uh, you come across many young people who are trying to find street cred. Street cred matters, it matters what people think of you, and it matters how you are represented. I know you might not, Ericsson was right in this one, I suppose, as we've learned this week. And I know it might be a surprise to some of you, but as a teenager myself, I was very concerned about street cred. Uh, I didn't have much of it. I know you all think I'm very cool now, but I did not have very much street cred. For me, there was, uh, I remember the pressure of non-uniform day at school, of trying to work out what to wear, have I worn it before, what will people think of me if I wear this, and there was a genuine worry of how, how you are perceived. Now, the one thing I had going for me at school was the annual fantasy football tournament. Now, this was not just any fantasy football tournament. This was school-wide, this was teachers, it was students. It was really great intergenerational conversation. I remember arriving in class and meeting with teachers and talking about them. And my team, uh, the, the Fabergas, which is a, a niche joke, but my favorite footballer at the time was, uh, says Fabergas, and at school my nickname was Gaz. So, uh, team Fab, Fab or Gaz. Um, was doing quite well. End of the season, last day, uh, there were a couple of games. I was sitting in third. And on that day, West Ham beat Man United 1-0 to avoid relegation. Serving notes keep Paddy happy. Tick. Um, <laughs> Carlos Tevez kept them up. He scored the winner in a controversial game to beat Man United. And it won me the school league. I won the whole school league, and on prize day, I didn't get a trophy for any subjects, but I got the trophy for the fantasy football league. So next September, we arrive in, and the school magazine is presented to all of us. Esperance, Latin for hope. It is presented, and there I flick to find my picture, and there I am, uh, chess club champion, Gareth Campbell. Because the teacher who ran fantasy football also ran chess club. Um, do you know what's not good for a 15-year-old street press? Chess club. That ruined my chances of a girlfriend for a considerable time. I couldn't even manage a Tinder date in Prague. That's a checkmate. Oh. <laughs> um, wrong niche joke again. Okay, okay the niche jokes. 
This passage sets us a challenge. It sets us a challenge of asking, who are we following? Are we setting Christ's way, or are we setting the world's way? Who is it that we're prioritizing what they think of us? Whose path are we following, and who are we trying to oppress? The challenge is Christ or the world. Now, it's really important to see where this is set in the context of what's come before. Kitty happy, tick. And actually, <laughs> this is a passage which comes just after Jesus has gathered his disciples together and appointed his 12 apostles. They've gathered them together, and this is Luke's telling of it, and then they come down for the Sermon on the Plain, rejected Samuel L. Jackson movies. And actually, <laughs> they come down to gather together for this sermon, and there's a series of Beatitudes here. There's a series of addresses to the people around us. But verse 20 is where we gain the really important piece of information. And I'll set aside just after the first paragraph for you to see. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, there was a gathering of people from Jerusalem, Judea, from large amounts of places. And he chose to turn to his disciples as he appointed them and said, here's what you have signed up for. Here's what it is that you've agreed to. Here's what it is that I, I expect of you moving forward from this point. Blessed are you when you're poor, for yours will be the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when you're hungry, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when you're hated, reviled, excluded, defamed. These are hard truths to face. There's a point in all of our journey, whether it's first year, second year, or third year, where the gravity of the journey that we're on will hit you. And there is a gravity that will hit you that is, this is not a job we're doing to be liked, but it is a job we are doing, or a service or a mission we are on for a greater purpose. We've read these passages many times, and sometimes we often can forget that these were bombshells that Jesus was dropping. These were not just things that were everyday, run-of-the-mill conversation, that he was literally coming to them and saying, see what the world makes, what the world says makes you happy? These things are wretched. Actually, the things that make you happy are far beyond there. He removes all earthly value. Happy are the poor, woe to the rich. The counter-cultural attitude for the disciples begins now. And I know what you're all waiting for in this address. It's a Northern Irish accent to brutalize some Greek. So here we go. <laughs> An important terminology in verse 24 that I would like to discuss with you is apache, apachete. I'm not sure of the pronunciation. There are Greek scholars amongst us here who can do better. When I typed it into Google, my search engine thought I was searching for my regular pizza place, Apache Pizza. <laughs> but this terminology here in verse 24, which is the beginning of his woes, is, but woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. And this phrase, you have received, is an expression that's used once in the New Testament to describe a repayment of debt. It is saying, I owed you 49 pounds 21 pence, and I have given you 49 pounds and 21 pence. That is it. If you are seeking your earthly values, that is what you will receive. If you are seeking heavenly values, 
those come beyond them. There is hard sacrifice required. There is hardship in what is to come. It is work that will be difficult and it is work that will face persecution. But good will come. And I'm not here to focus on what many can be perceived as negatives. That is not the message of this. This passage is not telling us all the negatives that we will face. Instead, what he is saying is where we are drawing our focus and our attention. Don't look around you on your journey. There are many worldly gains around us that will distract us. There are many things that set the value of yourself or your ministry slightly higher. Don't look around you. That is not our focus. Don't look back at who you have following you. That's up there, but it's not your main priority. It is not a journey to gather the wealthy and the rich and the famous and the popular. It is not the journey to gather the largest number of congregants. That is not the intention. The intention is to look forward to where we're going. To look at Christ's way and not the world's way. Because blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry, for you will be filled. And blessed are you who weep, for you will laugh. Many of us have made financial sacrifices and uh, progressive careers to be here. But blessed are you for making decisions that prioritise God. Some of you are physically tired from the, the gruelling schedule that sometimes comes, but blessed are you for choosing the work of God. And some of you are emotionally drained from the process of being through here, but blessed are you for choosing the work of God. Because this is a journey which does ask a lot sometimes, but it is one that is a good journey with rewards to come. Yet we don't do it for the rewards. We do it to bring the glory of Christ to those that are behind and those that are around. A lot has changed since I was at school. Uh, just as Jesus calls for us, our countercultural, to, to flip the world in its head and to, and to no longer prioritise worldly gains but something else, I too have had many things flipped in my head. I no longer excel at fantasy football. I joined Scott's Fantasy Football League last year and my results in Katie's module surpassed those of my fantasy football <laughs> Yet last year I did record 1,776 games of chess on chess.com. <laughs> I spent many, time, many long uh, days when I should have been doing assignments playing games of chess and I'm now ranked within 4% of all players worldwide. I spent a lot of time investing in this pastime which I can do uh, lying in bed at night. <laughs> and I did this, I've achieved these goals through practice, through playing many games, through improving my ability, by watching grandmasters playing and observing their tactics, from learning as I go, from studying tactics, and improving my ability by reviewing old games. This is how I have progressed in my journey in becoming better at chess. And this is the journey that Christ models in this passage too. He comes and he appoints the people around him. He appoints the 12 people to follow him. Then he demonstrates to them how this ministry will be. People are healed. It's important that this is in the passage. This could have been ignored, but it, 
It tells us of the people that he heals, of the ministry he serves to them. And then he instructs them in what they are to do. This is the leadership we are called to. To appoint people, to demonstrate how to do it. And to instruct in our words and in our actions the way that we are going. By keeping our eyes focused on that important destination. On that important goal that we are aiming towards. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16 says this. So we do not lose heart. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. Amen. Amen. Uh, thank you for that.